Vegas takes over. Smith comes out to the neutral zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. Four to two Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. The Golden Knights hold serve on home ice, and we've got a best of three game series remaining with Vegas and Colorado. Wallace out of the homestead, Millard and Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... One of my last words to the audience on Friday was, as we broadcast from T-Mobile Arena, getting set for Game 3 on Friday night on the Strip, I said, I wonder what our tone will be on Monday, knowing that there was two games to be played uh, at home, going into it, down two games, the opportunity at best would be a tie series. At worst, we would be talking about the season being over. Where, Where is what you're feeling right now in the grand mix of things, Ryan Wallace? Well, I, I mean, I, I look at the last two games for the Golden Knights and I see a team that's incredibly connected and, and incredibly focused in on what their game plan is and they are executing it to a T and... And I see a team that right now, since the second period of Game 2, they have been the better team in the series. So I am incredibly optimistic about not just where the Golden Knights are right now, but what's on the horizon. Game 5, I think, is a game where all the pressure is on the Colorado Avalanche, and I think the Golden Knights have really done a good job of, of flipping that adversity from themselves to Colorado. And I like the spot the Golden Knights are in right now and the spot that they have fought to get back into in this series. I'm not sure I agree with you that all the pressure is on the Colorado Avalanche. Can pressure not be shared? I I think that it can, but I also think that the Golden Knights have, have shown an ability to play within themselves and play the way that they need to play. And I'm not so certain that the Colorado Avalanche are going to change how they're playing these games. I'm not so sure that Colorado isn't so frustrated to the point that now they're squeezing their sticks a bit tight. Now they're feeling the pressure of having a two games to none lead, watching it evaporate, and now they have to go back home and perform in front of their fans. Like I'm not so sure that that it's not more pressure on Colorado than it is on Vegas. I understand both teams having pressure, but after the first game, right? After the first game in a period of game number two, like I think everybody, I think the whole hockey world wrote the Golden Knights off. Really? I do. Yeah. Really? Because I I never felt that way. 
And, and, and because uh, of, of T-Mobile, because of this team's home ice uh, ability, uh, because of this team's resiliency, uh, I never felt that they were written off. Uh, I know that there's some, some, some things that have been said in the media. Uh, certainly the, uh, the direction of the series from, from Pete uh, DeBoer has, has hinted at that and, and, and played the underdog role. But uh, I, I never got this because game number one was such an outlier. That you yeah. you had to take it uh, a little more broad spectrum uh, and and look at game two as more the norm. Game two was 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 a good game, a, a really good game. Uh, I I I envisioned this to be uh, a very difficult road for either team, and uh, that's yeah. that's not saying that uh, that the the Colorado Avalanche don't feel any pressure. I I think they do. They have home ice advantage. They've been uh, to the second round last couple of years uh, and are, are trying to take that big step uh, forward to a, a long playoff run with, with Nathan McKinnon. So there's that aspect and, and the Golden Knights uh, made it to the, to the conference final uh, two of the last uh, four years. Uh, or two of the last three years, uh, in, in fact, uh, and, and knocking on the door this time around. I think that there's an equal amount of pressure on both teams uh, and and I I know that the Colorado Avalanche lost or won the first two games and are back in a tie, and they should be feeling some some more of that urgency. I just sense that it's shared. I I mean it's not, and and maybe I I should have clarified. It's not that there's no pressure on Vegas. I just think there's more pressure right now, the way the series has gone, and, and throw out the result of Game Two because we can make the argument that the result of Game Two probably should have gone in Vegas's favor based on how well they played over the second and third period. Um, but I just I think you, you look at the last eight periods of hockey and the Colorado Avalanche have to be looking around in that room saying, what do we got to do? How can we break what the Golden Knights are doing to us? How can we get ourselves back into this series? And right now the Golden Knights, the way that they're playing, the way that they're executing – that's that's really going to be daunting, I think, for the Colorado Avalanche. Vegas has to find a way to pull out a win in Denver. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. They cannot sure. win this series without pulling out a win in Denver. So that, to me, puts a little more emphasis, if you want to put the, uh, the pressure meter, uh, on Vegas because of the daunting task of, of where Colorado has been in the last two months at home ice where they do not lose. Uh, and, and the last two games have been incredible. And I will say this, the amount of effort and will and execution and excitement that the Golden Knights have put into this, and, and like it, it speaks to how big of a hole it was at 2 nothing to, to, to play the way they did this weekend, Ryan, and only be yeah. even seems unfair to me. Uh, it absolutely does uh, seem unfair <laughs> to me. But, but some way, somehow, Vegas has to find a way to win on that ice surface in Denver, which has become uh, a, a very uh, influential surface, just as T-Mobile is. 
No, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, the path to victory for the Golden Knights in this series, it, it certainly becomes a little bit easier if, if that win comes in Game 5, right? Like, if you're the Golden Knights, you're looking at this opportunity that's in front of you, a best-of-three series right now with Colorado. You, you want to do everything you can to have a chance to close this out on home ice. But, you know, again, I... I I look at this series, I look at kind of the way that it's gone over the last eight periods of hockey, and it'd be different if there were there were pockets or periods of time or periods in general where Colorado was able to to push back, where they were um, you know the better team for 15, 20 minute stretches. But I haven't seen that. And, and I think the, the point that you make about the, the amount of work and the amount of effort and the amount of buy-in that has been needed from the Golden Knights to get this thing even is an incredible one because you're absolutely right. They have had to dig deep and play the best hockey of the season in these last two-plus games, and they have done it. But I think getting five yesterday right like getting those goals to finally go and go in succession and get a multi-goal win in this series that has to be such a reward for these players that have bought in so well on the defensive side to finally reap those benefits of of scoring some goals yeah confidence huge uh being able to get some pucks to go by Philip Grubauer huge and and how about the uh the enjoyment of i mean really what they did yesterday, and, and 7-1 is the barometer uh, for, for, yes. for game number one. Uh, yesterday, what was the final score yesterday? It was 5-1. Okay. That was what it said on the scoreboard. And I want to explain <laughs> something to you. 5-1 on the scoreboard. But really, really, it was 8-1. And, and I, want to, I want to walk you through this. Uh, okay. Okay, the first goal that the Golden Knights scored was really two goals because everybody in the building <laughs> thought Riley Smith had scored. So everybody in the building, including Riley Smith, celebrated when, when, he, when he hit the crossbar. And then Jonathan okay. Marshall so scored right, right after. So there's two goals. So they went from being down one nothing to up 2-1 in, in the snap of the fingers. Uh, and okay. then... Uh, they get up, and uh, Patrick Brown's goal was the last one, right? Just, just want to confirm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's so, th- so th- now you're up. You're up on the scoreboard four-one, uh, but you're really up five-one in my thinking. And Patrick Brown goes down and scores, and they celebrate. They celebrate the goal. Golden Knights celebrate. Yep. The crowd celebrates. So, so now it's six-one. Uh, the referees go over and they have a review because the call on the ice is no goal. They rule goal. The crowd goes crazy, and the Vegas Golden Knights celebrate. So now it's it's seven one. Even though the score hasn't changed, it's still five one on the scoreboard. It's yep. it's really seven one. The Colorado Avalanche yep. challenge mm-hmm. uh, for goalie interference. Referees, control room, uh, situation room in Toronto. They look at it. It's ruled a goal. Everybody celebrates. Another goal. The Vegas Golden Knights celebrate another goal. Now it's eight. See yep. where I am? It's eight one. So that blowout performance by Colorado Avalanche in game number one was actually topped in, in, in game four by the Vegas Golden Knights with an 8-1 victory. So from here on forward, I will forever refer to game four of the West Division final between Vegas 
and the Colorado Avalanche as an 8-1 victory for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. That that 3 for 1 deal on the Patrick Brown goal was staggering. <laughs> hey, I've never seen a goal celebrated you, three different times. You're you're reaching here. Um What do you mean? It's yeah, no, that's 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 not a it's not a real thing. But it was pretty cool. Not real. Did you not did yeah, you not fantastic. see the, the like, crowd celebrate the, three different times? The, the the ability to be in the middle of of that rink in that arena and watch fans celebrate the same goal three twice. times with well yeah you're right three three times but we, every time the celebration became more and more it was bigger it was better it was louder like it's the same play it doesn't change the score any more than it already has no. and yet the third time was the loudest time. That was pretty awesome. Now you're coming around to my thinking. Now I was. No, no, no. I mean, it doesn't count for anything, but, you know, again. It's it okay fun. if you agree with me. It's not a bad thing. Nobody's going to hold you, uh, your feet I, to the fire and burn you. It's okay. Listen, I'm not disagreeing say, you're with cool you for the sake here. of disagreeing. Mm-hmm. I, I just, like, you're going to look at the box score. It's going to say five to one. Like that's that's the reality of it. I bet. I bet you. If we say it enough, if we say it enough, <laughs> it'll happen. Now I'm I'm genuinely curious on the Riley Smith play because I'm still not convinced that he didn't score. I'm with you. Would would because even NBC put up goal. I'm with you. Riley Smith goes in the corner to celebrate. So if Mark Chisot doesn't score, would would they have gone to Toronto to review that? Would it have been yes. reviewed? Oh, okay. no, every, every shot's reviewed. Because, I mean, it, it clearly looked like he scored. Chapman, every play is reviewed. Okay. I, I, I wasn't sure. I, that's why I asked. <laughs> they don't go to Toronto. Toronto's already reviewing it. Okay. At what point would they have stopped it when, when the puck was, when, was when frozen? They, when they, no, no. When they realize the puck's in the net, they just they they radio down okay. to the timekeeper, wherever the timekeeper sits nowadays. I don't even know anymore. We don't know. <laughs> uh, they they tell the timekeeper or whoever's in charge of the the horn, and they tell them to blow the horn and stop play. So did the horn go off or no? Because I I wasn't in the no, arena. No, it happened no. in two seconds. Okay. Did you not watch it? I was no. I was I was I told you I was watching on TV. NBC put up a goal, but I didn't have volume because I. I was working in the studio, so I couldn't have the volume up. It happened in like three seconds. Yeah, but sometimes you get it. You get the the goal horn that goes off like on the Tr- shot. Toronto situation room's good. They they're they're not that good. okay. <laughs> they can't like shuttle back and in, into. Have you never seen a game no, where, I, they, where, I, they, where, no, where they stop play I midway have, through but, after but a my, review? My concern is that maybe they would have blown the play dead before Carlson found the puck and got it to Marsh so to put it in the net for the. As you would say, third, I don't think you saw the, the goal. I did see the goal, uh, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's yep. any possible way that Toronto could have radioed in and said that that puck went in the net before? The, not a the, chance. No, exactly. Okay. No, not a chance. Hi, in a hypothetical world, yes, they could, in, in theory, had that play taken a little longer to develop, blown it dead before Carlson found. They it. do all the time. Okay. I'm glad we had this talk. I, that, that was my concern. Because no, no, this, my, is, this is coming out of your time at the end of the show. That's fine. My concern was that, they, that Vegas would have gotten burned had, had they not. I could turn your mic off if you're going to okay. cough. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Chapman. Yes. Chapman, you've, you've, heard, you've heard the horn of death, right? Or the horn of doom or whatever it is. No, I, what, what is there's that? There's a play that. 
Okay, so by when the way, Derry just fell on the floor. Should I? Did he? Yeah. You might want to call nine one one. He's he's back. Um, no, for real though. You like, think he's calling nine one one after what I just did? <laughs> Absolutely <to him>? not. No. <laughs> I mean, he, he could be turning blue on the floor. He's in, he's in the building with you. Like, come on. We got to ask Sam and Ash if I if I have liability to call nine one one at that point. <laughs> no, 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 Chapman. You don't want to. You don't. We we've already gone through the elder abuse with Sam and Ash. Like, you don't don't do that. Listen, here's the thing, Chapman. When there is a goal that is scored, but it is not called a goal on the ice and Toronto reviews it and play is still going on, they will signal to the arena to blow the horn that signals that there is a goal and then the goal is awarded. <laughs> like that, that's just something that happens. It happened in the Winnipeg-Edmonton series, <laughs> in fact. No, I, I, I know one. about them stopping play. I, I was just genuinely curious, like generally how much time passes before. When they confirm that the puck okay. went in. All right. Am I the only one that's confused about why he's confused? I'm not confused. There's no confusion. I was just genuinely curious, generally, how much time, because none of the angles they showed. Well, there's not a 30-second thing. And and yesterday's was bang, bang. Yeah, I know that. But there, there, there wasn't, like, a definitive angle that showed that the puck went in, but there wasn't one that showed that it didn't either. So No, no, there, there, the, there is an angle. Okay. There was an angle. I don't think you. I think you watched the soccer game. Well, I, I watched that after. Yeah. No, I think you watched no. the soccer game no. yesterday. I, I, I watched both. It's it's very possible for me. To I have done think both. you got so far deep into this conversation where you reached the point of no return. No, there, and now no... you can't get out of it. No, but I don't up. think you actually saw this play. I saw the play. Hold on, Chris. Chris, this conversation is proof that you could not do both. Yes. No, that's what I, watch I, I watched the soccer game after. But, yeah, I, I watched it, and, and that's how I knew that NBC put up that it was a goal before Marsha so scored. And me and Ryan were talking about it. I think Grubauer stopped playing. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I think you're full of BS. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're totally full of it right now, and you're trying to get yourself oh, out of it. I don't care Oh, Chris, you have managed to ruin Darren's good mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 2-2. Two, two. Everything's fine. Thanks for asking, though. It's 2-2. Two, two. The Golden Knights <laughs> on their way to Denver. I believe they just landed uh, in Denver for game number five. Game yep. five. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty impressive the way that they've played in this. Uh, and and this has been, I talked to a few scouts yesterday uh, uh, up on the uh, auxiliary press box, and they're just shaking their heads at the speed and the 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 total buy-in of both, both teams. And Colorado played, uh, I actually thought Colorado played better yesterday than they did in game three, even though it was uh, much more of a gap in, in, the, in the score. But... Uh, the people are just shaking their heads at uh, at the the level of play during this series. Yeah, I mean it's been excellent, right? Like this series has lived up to through four games what we expected it to be when it was Vegas, Colorado. Like when when we started to think about this series, this is exactly what we were hoping for: something that would go back and forth, something that would go long, and a series where both teams would would at times be 
be dominant within games and, and really how each team kind of deals with those moments. And, and it's it's haymaker after haymaker, right? And who's going to take those punches the best and who's going to throw the most of them. And, you know, right now, this is just really, really fun, entertaining hockey to watch. And, and you know, we can't really ask for much more in terms of this series, um, you know, except for maybe it going uh, all the way, seven games. Yeah, a, se- a seven-game series of this would be spectacular. You you look at the yep. overall score of the season, and they play eight times during the regular season, and now we're four games into this Stanley Cup playoff series. Twelve games. Math is easy. Yep. Chapman, 12 games. Yep. Do you know what the records are head-to-head? I'd say virtually identical. They're both 6-5-1. and one. Of course they are. Six, five, and one through 12 games uh, yeah. with both teams yeah. uh, losing a, an overtime game. That's just wildly even uh, through the course of it. And and I know uh, like the, the Golden Knights have been blown out uh, a couple of times. There was a wobble around the, the, the Tahoe game. Uh, and now, now the Golden Knights have taken back the series. One thing that hasn't happened is no team has won three in a row against the other team in the 12 games. And that's what the Golden Knights uh, will be out to do tomorrow. 100%. And, and again, like when we, we've talked about kind of paths to victory for the Golden Knights and kind of that first path to victory would be getting the split in games one and two. It didn't work out. But for the Golden Knights, they were able to hold serve now on home ice, meaning they've won the last two games in the series. They've done it um, in, in in a way in which they've played better than Colorado. And now you have an opportunity to, to go out there, continue your winning streak, and push Colorado to the brink. So game five is is a massive, massive game, and it sets up, if the Golden Knights are to win game five, it sets up the easiest path to winning the series, which would be for Vegas to come back home and have an opportunity to close it out on home ice. So, you know, I, I think in terms of the Golden Knights, in terms of buy-in, desperation, everything that we've seen that has been so, so dialed in over the last eight periods of hockey has to be there for the next three periods in this series in Game 5. How do you think they've been able to do it? How have they been able to turn this series after the penalty parade in Game 2 in the first period uh, and then controlling the the analytics of the, of the series for the last seven periods? I mean, I, I think that it, it started with them just getting you know, getting their feet moving, right? Like they, they got in on the four check. They made life really, really difficult for Colorado breaking pucks out of their own zone and, and then really just kind of strangled off and took away speed through the neutral zone. I, I think the Golden Knights have had really, really good back pressure in the neutral zone and great <clears throat> gaps um, at both blue lines. And when you're taking away a lot of the speed that Colorado can build up individually, then I think that gets frustrating. The, the fact that the Avalanche aren't able to just enter the zone freely and set up is frustrating for them. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit, Darren, yesterday about how Minnesota was able to find success against Vegas because they just put a puck in deep and they go back and they get it. And when when there's a lot of a lot of heavy, hard pressure up the ice and some physicality to it as well, 
I just think the Colorado Avalanche haven't been able to break out of that and, and get to what they want to do and establish their game. Uh, I had a chance to, to talk to a couple of uh, longtime hockey people, uh, Brad Park and Ken Morrill today for the Chirp podcast, uh, something to do with yeah. the Islanders and, and the Boston Bruins. And uh, we were waiting for Ken Morrill. He actually pulled off the side of the road. He was traveling and pulled off in a rest stop and connected to Wi-Fi and did the, did the podcast that way, which is just <laughs> bizarrely cool to me that uh, a four-time Stanley Cup champion and the member of the Miracle on Ice team would do that. Uh, he was just excited to talk to, to Brad Park. But, but Brad and I had, had a conversation just about uh, uh, having how teams have to really buy in to change their game because the default will always be you're into a, it's like a pass or shoot situation. Uh, if you're in a shooter, you'll always shoot when you, when you get that split second. Pass or shoot, shoot. Yeah. If you're a passer, Pass or shoot, you're, you're going to pass. Well, teams will always uh, re- revolve back to uh, that. Uh, are we cute? Are we finesse? Are we fast? Are we do we uh, able to grind? And he said they'll always show at, at the at the crunch time uh, their 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 true game. Well, Vegas has been able to play both sides of that, and I don't know where that comes from. Whether it's all coaching whether it's in the player's DNA uh, to evolve, whether it's a mixture of both. But, but Vegas has been able to uh, show some range in their game. And they did that against the Minnesota Wilds, certainly, in overcoming both the Minnesota mystique and, uh, and the challenge of facing a big, heavy team like, like the Minnesota Wilds who pack it in. Colorado doesn't pack it in. Uh, and they try to play uh, a finesse game and and move the puck around in the offensive zone. What Vegas has done against Colorado from the defending side of it, Ryan, is overly simplify their game. Uh, I don't know whether you've uh, how much you've you've noticed, but uh, and and this goes back to the mid seventies, that great Montreal Canadian dynasty team. What they would do a lot of time because they were so fast too uh, that that team that just ripped off Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup after Stanley Cup. Uh, what they would do is they would use the old flipper. And mm-hmm. and they would just, the defenseman, Gila Point, flip it out. And players, Steve Shutt, Yvonne Cornway, Gila Fleur, would go after it. Vegas did that over and over and over again uh, the last two games. They, they didn't necessarily try to make a pass uh, out of the zone uh, a, a lot of times on Friday night. Or, or yesterday, if, if a pass wasn't there, or, or even if a pass was there, uh, Petrangelo would get the puck, and he would just do, do the high law. And it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't necessary for a breakaway, but it relieved pressure, and the Golden Knights knew it was coming, and you're able to uh, uh, put a little bit of heat on the defenseman and, and possibly get some zone time out of it. They have simplified their game hugely uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, in, in defending. Yeah, I, I, you know, that, that lob play has been something that the Golden Knights have, have, have used over the last couple of games. And, you know, when, when you look at it in terms of the position that it puts the defending team, the, the avalanche in, when that puck is kind of in the air, you've got to make some decisions there. And then you've got, say, Alex Tuck or Nick Waugh or Riley Smith, Jonathan Marchessault. Yeah or Ryan Reeves or, or Patrick Brown kind of 
chasing you down in those moments, it, it can create some havoc for the defense of the Colorado Avalanche. And I, I think the beauty of it is when you've got such great skaters on the back end like Colorado does, you've got to make them uncomfortable. And that play is designed specifically to make them uncomfortable. So Vegas is doing a great job in putting Colorado in a position where they can't make plays in the offensive zone uh, like they want to make plays uh, off the rush or in zone. Certainly compare game one to game two and three and four. That's one. And then they've been able to, instead of trying to make uh, the perfect passes where Colorado's locking things down, they, they're using this flip play. And, and Jared Bednar mentioned it yesterday. And he didn't have an answer for it yesterday. He mentioned Vegas is is going. They're basically bolting the zone. And away they go. And he said, we knew it was coming and we couldn't handle it. And we have to find a way to respond to it. That turning it up ice quickly has been a real key uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights to be uh, uh, able to just transition themselves from defending to putting the pressure uh, on the Colorado Avalanche. The result is that's worked in its way into having a, a 2-2 series after four games. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll chat about uh, what else is happening in the National Hockey League playoffs. Not one-timers just yet, but there's a couple of intriguing series as we're down to eight teams left in the chase for the Stanley Cup. And then we'll get into our ratings for uh, the games uh, three and four and the games on a whole, our specialized VGK Insider rating system. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. But I do know you guys have a bigger in with, with Coach DeBoer than the rest of us. You might give him a word of advice. All right. He will not need to do a motivational speech. Is all he has to do is show the team that five minutes of NBC's wrap-up where they felt the need to say, that's okay, the abs are going to come back. They're going home. Vegas won't be able to do this again. Uh, you know, just a suggestion. Oh, the NBC VGK is a good VGK. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rita bringing some heat yesterday on the postgame show, Ryan. Always. What was the line? Pissed off VGK is a good VGK? Yeah, I love I mean, it. We all know this. We all know this to be true. But Rita, Rita speaks for everyone. I think she's... Just absolutely fantastic. I wish I would have saw the, the post game yesterday on NBC because it did rankle uh, some people on social media. And I, I'm not sure exactly who the commentators were uh, yesterday in, in the studio, but uh, uh, I I understand where some of them the, the viewpoints will be that, that when the series does shift back to Denver and Ball Arena uh, tomorrow night that you're going to get uh, the, the, the better of the avalanche and... Uh, Jared Bednar is going to be able to get his matchup. I don't know what matchup he's looking for right now because, quite frankly, the the way the four lines are going for the for the VGK, it, it's causing havoc uh, all over the place. But uh, uh, it uh, sounded like there was more optimism for for the Colorado Avalanche than there was for uh, the Golden Knights after four games. Well, I, I mean, I think that that's kind of a natural thing, right? Like we've seen the Colorado Avalanche all year long, and we know how good Colorado is. We know how good they've been at uh, at home, and we 
we know that this is a battle between two of the best teams in the league. And, you know, the, the Golden Knights took the punch at home uh, it, for, from Colorado in Colorado. Colorado is now taking the punch from Vegas in Vegas. And I think naturally the, the thought process is, okay, Colorado, they've got home ice. They've got last change. They're going home in a building they've been dominant in. Like, surely this isn't going to be the first time in the, in the season where Colorado drops three games in the playoffs when it's most important. But, um, you know, I, I think that it's natural to think Colorado is going to have an answer in game five. But it, at it, the same time, I also think that – go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's not as simple as what Vegas did uh, because Vegas, they got the two days between games one and two coming off a, a seven-gamer uh, against the Minnesota Wild. And a little rest, a chance to exhale, uh, that's what they talked about. And there, there's not that gap in the schedule for, for the Colorado Avalanche to lean on. So there, it has to come from somewhere else. Yeah, and, and, and that's fair. But, but I, you know, I think that we all just kind of, when we look at these series, when we look at you know, kind of the way that this goes, and you even brought it up before, either before game one or after game one, where you felt this was that type of series where you're going to have the teams hold serve on home ice, right? Like mm-hmm. you thought it could go 2-2-1-1 two, two, one, one, and then buckle up for game seven. So, um, you know, for me, I just think this is a matter of Colorado looking around in that room and saying, all right, we're, we're going we're gonna to find a way to get a couple of goals early, and then we're just going to – find a way to grind out a win here because we're too good of a team. We've been good all year long and we've found answers throughout the regular season. So I, you know, I look at game five, no different. I I think that both teams are going to come in playing great hockey and the better team is going to win. Even if the better team didn't win in game two. Do you think there's a Nazem Kadri factor in this series? I think that, you know, when when you've got uh, a series like this where I think there's some natural frustration happening right now with the Colorado Avalanche and, and you could use a player that has no issue um, going down into the corners and, and banging some bodies and, and getting some body checks going and um, but also has the ability to put the puck in the back of the net and, and, and add depth throughout the lineup, then I think you are missing that for sure. But... You know, at the same time, the Golden Knights are, are missing Matthias Janmark, who is a, a big piece of the depth uh, equation for the Golden Knights in this series. And, um, you know, Vegas has dealt with that stuff too. I, I think Colorado certainly misses Nazem Kadri, but I don't think it's the difference in the series right now. I ask that because I still don't know whether Nazem could be back before Game 7. That's when his, his eight-game suspension is set to expire, is after Game 6 of this series. But uh, he's appealed it. Uh, once to Gary Bettman and then has furthered it on uh, to the independent arbitrator. And uh, I, I wonder if they're they're holding up more hope and maybe that gives you a reason why uh, he eventually uh, decided to do this and, and, and appeal it a couple of times. Now, like, what's your sense? Like, I don't what know. What do you think we, we get in terms of that? Because, like, I... I think that it's close, right? Like uh, either either sometime today, maybe tomorrow, we might get an answer on it. But I, you know, I again, I, I listen to and hear from Gary Bettman in terms of this type of suspension. The number of games is in line with just kind of the natural progression of how things will escalate with a suspension of this kind. Like I don't, I, they call me crazy. I don't think that it should be 
it should be rescinded any. I, I think that eight games is eight games. That's what it should be for Nazem Kadri. Well, it, it has been knocked down in the past uh, by, by a couple of games uh, with Rafi Torres, right? Yeah. So that, uh, I mean, that was, what, 25 games knocked down to 22 or uh, somewhere along that line. Uh, this one, when you go to the independent arbitrator, it's all about language, precedent, uh, and, and those uh, angles. It's not about reviewing the tape. And right. if, if you're reviewing the tape and you look at, uh, at the, the past suspensions on the tape uh, of Nazem Kadri, you go, okay, well, eight games seems, seems about right. But you get into precedent and comparing it to uh, other uh, suspensions. And, and there's, like, the NHLPA is all in on this. Uh, the amount of people that were at that initial appeal with Gary Bettman uh, would, have, would have packed a courtroom. And they did it on Zoom. <laughs> But it would have packed a courtroom. Uh, I, I went right. through the the the, the full. Uh, it, it wasn't the most exciting reading. I'll, I'll admit to you there. But but I went through all the the, the minutes uh, of the appeal. And and what we have now is is it almost uh, being elevated. Well, we do have it being elevated, and it's it's more to less about the physical actions of the hit and more to uh, on on the language and the precedent. And quite frankly, Ryan, I don't know. I, I think it, uh, it 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 could be very it could be very likely that that there's a one game knocked off on it. I mean, it, they're they're not doing this out of the goodness of their health just to just to occupy themselves. Uh, for one, it it has if he ever does something again, it would have an impact on that. Uh, and, and and don't discount uh, that thought process. But uh, but there there must be uh, some avenue that they feel like like it's it it would be beneficial. And when you get into that. Um, I think all bets right. If it was just about looking at the, at the video, I could give you my my gut feeling, which would be a very educated guess. This is sure. is out of my. We need Sam and Ash for this one. <laughs> you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where that that falls. But you know, again, in terms of the the trajectory of this series, and right now for for the Golden Knights, there's two more games as it stands right now where Nazem Kadri will not be available yeah. to the Colorado Avalanche. So again, in terms of these avenues to victory, in terms of these blueprints for the Golden Knights, um, a win tomorrow is is exactly what you're looking for because then Colorado's lost three straight. They're coming back to Vegas. And you know, in terms of pressure, that's going to be a pressure-packed situation for the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado's got to change something. No, Pete uh, yeah. Pete DeBoer uh, talked about uh, the embellishment and the soft call after game number mm-hmm. two. Yeah. There was a, there was a, an attempt to manage the series there. I don't know how much that played a role in the two wins. I think it was more about the play uh, of the Golden Knights, certainly. But but who knows? There there might have been they might have got a break here or there that that we don't know about that the the officials uh, decided to call or not call a penalty. Jared Bednar w- laid into his team after Game Three, yeah. and and that was I mean they were on on the doorstep of taking a three uh, nothing series lead, and he lit into his team. Uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday he took the approach of saw some real progress out of it, uh, lost some battles, 
but they at least they were there. They were in the fight. They were uh, involved in the game. Uh, still wasn't happy about uh, the outcome. Certainly wasn't happy about uh, some turnovers uh, and and some ways that they could uh, play better. But I thought it was interesting that yesterday's game, at least on the scoreboard, looked to be a much more decisive win for the Golden Knights. But the coach was much more complimentary uh, to the Avalanche. Is that psychological? Or did you see some pushback by the Avalanche? I didn't see a lot yesterday. I didn't see a lot from Colorado either. I just, I don't know what you do in that situation if you're, if you're Jared Bednar, right? Like, I, I don't think that you can rip into your team two games in a row um, and kind of expect that they're still going to be, you know, in the right space to compete and, and win on, on, you know, in game five. So um, I think that you had your opportunity to, to rip them down after game three and now it's about trying to build them up. But I think more than anything, it's just going to be about trying to tweak something in their game to find better results. What would you change if you were Vegas? What would I change if I were Vegas? Um, in terms of their game, I, I don't know that I'd change much. Like, I, I'd keep everything as, as close to the same as possible. Like, I think the Golden Knights have done a great job defending. And, you know, now that goals are starting to fall for them, they're capitalizing on the opportunities that they're getting. Uh, I think that you have to believe that if you continue to play this way, you're going to win hockey games. And I agree with you. But I asked that question with an answer already in my mind. Because Vegas was really good territorially, analytically, everything in game three and, and pulled out the victory. And then because of availability of players, made two changes going into game four. And and they played even better. And uh, the the, the part to the the scary part is always uh, we things went so well for your team. uh, What do you change? Knowing. Knowing that that the other team is is racking their brains like crazy trying to come up with sure. a different game plan. And what will they come up with? Uh, what will they come up with? And I'm I'm uh, I'd be fascinated to be able to talk to a coach who would who would give you the like the, the the full-on answer to that question about when you're in control of a series, how much are you thinking about tweaking, changing or uh, altering your game plan? Uh game to game, uh knowing that the other team's working hard on making major adjustments. Yeah, it's an interesting question, uh, and you know, I I think that it's it's one of those things where like you don't want to be reactionary, right? So, like, if Colorado makes a tweak, then you don't want to, if you're Pete DeBoer, be reactionary to what changes they might be making. But at the same time, like you've you've discovered over the last eight periods of hockey, uh, a blueprint, a game plan that has seemingly taken the Colorado Avalanche out of their rhythm and allowed the Vegas Golden Knights to find offense and convert their chances and and really be the team in control of this series. So I don't know that I make any changes if I'm if I'm Pete DeBoer and you know that included me in in a way questioning changing the lineup yesterday, yeah. right? Like yeah. there was there was a real question to be asked about Nick Holden's been fantastic. This lineup has been very very good over the last 5 periods in this series. 
why mess with a winning formula? But then, as you mentioned, Darren, you bring in Braden McNabb, you bring in Ryan Reeves, you meet, you move Keegan Colasar up to the third line, and you got an even better result and an even more bought-in team. So um, I wouldn't change anything because I'm I'm not convinced that Colorado is going to make the, the change I'm not convinced that they're going to make the changes necessary. Like, I think that this is just a frustrated team. And what I saw from Colorado mostly in the last two games uh, was some individual players trying to do everything on their own and getting frustrated when that was, was getting headed off. Yeah, I, I, I saw that, uh, that too. But as the score got uh, bigger and bigger uh, on the Golden Knights side of it, it ended up 8-1. Remember that. It ended up 8-1 yesterday. So uh, the, the, I, I can see how the frustration would, uh, would grow for the, for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Good point. I, I'm not sure that that individualism would be there if it was a closer game. But, uh, but I think the cuteness is and the finesse is yeah. and being able yeah. to generate uh, and try and generate the, the offense is. Um, and plus, uh, getting back to the coaching side of it, like if Pete DeBoer goes in there and tries to say, um, we're going to do this, this, and this. After doing it this way for games three and four, the players are going to look at him like, uh, <laughs> on, what, "What's going on here?" Uh, yeah, th- this is, doesn't seem quite right. So uh, we're not talking wholesale changes, but I, uh, I am fascinated to, because you have to. It's the, that game of chess, wondering what the other t- side is going to do, and and trying to be ready for it and match it and being able to uh, change things up. Like, would Colorado ever? I'll just throw this out. Would Colorado ever change up their lines? They've got one well, of the I mean, best they, lines they, in the league. But would they ever yeah, try they, to? Would they ever try to share, spread the uh, spread the offense uh, out around uh, without Nazem Kadri? Would they? Would they consider that for a game or give you that look uh, to start Game Five? Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? Because it, at the beginning of the third period in Game Three. They did. They did mm-hmm. mess around yep. with the line configurations, and you know, in in that period, they were able to take a lead, and it it pushed them real close to the brink of of winning that game and taking a three to nothing series lead. So, I think that's probably the first place to start if you're Jared Bednar, like just to see if you can kind of spread some of that wealth around and and create a matchup that works in your favor. But that. You know, you kind of look back at the series. You look at back at at the last time that Colorado had some success against the Golden Knights and had the Golden Knights kind of on the ropes a bit. It was when Jared Bednar decided to to change up the lines. Four games into this West Division final, who's been the Golden Knights' best player? I'm going to ask Ryan Wallace that at the top of the hour in hour two of the VGK Insider Show. But up next, uh, we'll touch on other happenings in the National Hockey League and bring you an update on the East Division final between the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders. It's the VGK Insider Show, live on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas the other way, left wing shot, they score! Max Pacioretty off the left wing! Vegas takes a 2-1 to lead! A transition goal for the Knights! Pacioretty with points in all five playoff games. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Max Pacioretty has some God-given talent, and boy, can he snap those wrists and let loose a puck. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, 
Fox Sports Las Vegas, getting you set for hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. Uh, should Max Pacioretty on a two-on-one ever pass the puck, Ryan? Mm, yes. To really? the back of the net. Yeah, just to the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah 100%. Maybe, maybe makes a pass one time out of ten just to make people think that he could potentially make that pass. But the other nine times, shoot that puck. Boy, that was uh, that was outstanding. Uh, more to come on the Max Pacioretty-led Vegas Golden Knights, who are 2-2 in this West Division final against the Colorado Avalanche. Our ratings from the weekend, are we going to narrow it down to individual games or go as a whole? Because... Uh, might be the same answer uh, either way. We'll also get you caught up to date on Boston, the New York Islanders, playing Game 5 of that set. And the North Division could have a representative as soon as tonight. It's the VGK Insider Show. It continues here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.